Why should anything special happen tonight? Mrs. Trafford put her finger over her lips. Let's just say that a certain young man is very interested in you. That made Rona frown a little. Casting her mind back over the young men she had met in her glittering season, she could not recall a single one who had greatly interested her. She thought that the picture she had read about would certainly be more interesting than the average young man. Older men seemed more intelligent and certainly had a wider range of knowledge. Aren't you going to ask me who he is? Her mamma quizzed her archly. Well, I am sure you can guess. He's been so particular in his attentions, and I've noticed how much you enjoyed them. Since Rona could not think of any man who had been particular in his attentions, still less one who had inspired her to enjoyment, she was left wondering. When the diamonds were draped about her neck, it was time for the wig to be fitted on. It was shining silver white, dressed high on her head, with two ringlets falling down onto her left shoulder, and it revealed her beautiful long, slender neck, which one admirer had likened to that of a swan. Finally, the mask. It was white satin, fringed with lace, decorated with silver spangles. You look mysterious and enchanting, Mamma assured her. Rona picked up an elegant fan which matched the mask and gave her mother a deep curtsy, smiling with pleasurable anticipation of the evening ahead. Laughing, Mamma returned the curtsy and they left the room together to go down the great stairway to find Papa. But there was no sign of him in the hall and the butler explained that Mr. Trafford had been delayed and would be down in a moment. Yes, and I know what has delayed him. Mamma murmured to her daughter, primping in front of the mirror. I vow, men are worse than we are. Wait in the library, darling. I must speak to Cook to make sure she knows what refreshments your papa wants left out tonight. The last time she left sandwiches instead of cake, and he was so cross. She bustled away. Rona went into the library and sat down on a wide leather sofa, careful not to crease her lovely dress. This morning's copy of the Times lay on a low table, and to pass the time she began to browse through it. There was a report on a debate in the House of Lords which she tried to find interesting, and failed. They all seemed to say the same thing, at great length. Idly turning the pages, she came to an advertisement from an agency and perused it, almost without realising she was doing so. After an advertisement for a secretary, a cook, and several demands for coachmen who were well trained, she read, Wanted, for a girl of sixteen, English governess who is prepared to travel abroad, must be able to teach French, German, and most European languages. I expect they'll have difficulty finding an English governess who is good at languages, she thought. Mamma always thought my governess were hopeless at teaching me French. She remembered how finally her father and mother had taken her to Paris where they stayed with friends. She had managed, by the time they left, to speak French almost fluently, and she had enjoyed Paris. So lovely, she mused happily now, and all those gorgeous clothes. The following year, when her father had taken her to stay with one of his friends who lived in Germany, she was able, by the time they left, to speak and understand ordinary German. Her father's friends had said they had never known an English girl who had mastered their language so quickly.
In fact, they had praised her intelligence so much that Mamma had hushed them, somewhat embarrassed. Girls weren't supposed to be brainy, and a reputation for cleverness might harm Rona's marriage prospects. At last, she heard Papa's voice in the hall and hurried out. He exclaimed with pleasure at the sight of her and paid a compliment to Mamma, who had also hurried back, so as not to keep them waiting. He was in a genial mood tonight. Rona was glad to see. Papa had an uncertain temper, which became unpleasant when he was thwarted. He spoiled and indulged his wife and daughter, showering costly gifts on them, but he expected to be obeyed. In fact, he reminded Rona of Henry the Eighth, the bullying Tudor king who had also smiled when he got his own way and turned nasty when he did not. When he had been choosing his costume, Rona had suggested Henry the Eighth to him, half fearful lest he should suspect her of satire. But he had embraced.